Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out today. We're going to go to a few passages of Scripture. The main text today I want to pull from Joshua chapter 19. And uh, we'll be there in verse 49 through 51 this morning. All right. Well, good to see everybody. Man, what a great crowd this morning. Everybody's excited about Thanksgiving. Well, whether you're ready or not, the holidays are on their way. I'm excited. I always look forward to the holidays, and uh, I always enjoy that time of year. And so uh, I know some of you do, some of you not so much. Uh, who's ready for Thanksgiving? A few of you are. Okay, all right, good. Now, now, my question is this. If you participate in Thanksgiving, does that make you a Thanksgiver? Is, is that the way that works? I think it probably does. Uh, so my question to you this morning is, do I have any professional Thanksgivers in the house today, like, I mean, like, Thanksgiving is my thing, and that's what I'm good at, and that's what, I'm sure I have some in the house. If there was a prize for that, I'd, you'd be a winner, and so, yeah. Uh, I think what's really exciting about Thanksgiving for a lot of us is getting to spend time with all of those relatives, right? <laughs> some, some, some of you are pausing at that point, you're not so sure. If that's the case, I told our I told our group Wednesday night in our Bible study. I said, you know, holidays are a time that you spend with people who you will cry at their funeral, but you don't necessarily want to go on vacation with them. You know, it's uh, <laughs> we're we're going to be sad when when Aunt So and So's gone, but uh, no, we're not going to or uh, you know Disney World with her or anything like that anytime soon. But uh, here's the thing about the holidays, and especially I think Thanksgiving, Christmas time that it is probably the best opportunity of the year to showcase servant leadership and a giving attitude toward people. I don't think that there's a better time of a year where you get the opportunity over and over and over again to showcase that servant leadership mentality and a real giving attitude to, to really be gracious uh, to other people. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says this. It says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. That's right. That is, we are givers from a thankful heart, a cheerful giver. Thankful for the opportunity to give. Thankful that God allows us the opportunity to give. God loves a cheerful and thankful giver. And so my question to you is, can you be a cheerful giver this holiday season? Let's practice. Turn turn to your neighbor and show them just how cheerful you are this morning. Some of you, yeah, there you go. Happy, happy, happy. Give them one of them Joel Osteen kind of grins, you know. That's... That's the real thankfulness there. So how can I be a cheerful giver? How can I be a thanksgiver? I want to give you four things this morning. And, and I want to look at the life of Joshua. And I want to see how Joshua, I want to showcase how Joshua modeled giving. How he modeled servant leadership 
for the people of Israel in Joshua chapter 19. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's go there this morning. But before we do, let me pray and ask God's blessing on, on this message this morning. Father, I ask that you would help me today to communicate your truth. That, Lord, we would be uh, anointed to receive your truth. That, God, through this holiday season, we would approach it with the mindset of Christ Jesus. Lord, you said in your word that uh, this attitude, the same attitude that's in Jesus, should be in us. And so, Father, I pray that as we go through this holiday season that we'll approach it that way. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for you to really appreciate this short passage that I'm going to give you out of Joshua chapter 19, uh, I want you to understand what's been happening in the preceding chapters. From starting way back, uh, Joshua has been waiting uh, since chapter four, 13, Joshua has been waiting and Israel has been dividing the land up. They have conquered uh, most of the promised land and now they're dividing it up amongst the tribes. And so since chapter 13, we're in 19, since chapter 13, Joshua has been waiting while all of this land has being divided up. So he's waiting in 13. He's waiting in 14, he's waiting in 15, 16, 17, 18, and he's even waiting in part of chapter 19. And so that's where we're going to pick up our story. Verse 49 says, When they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua the son of Nun. Now, that seems like a little bit of an obscure passage this morning. But there's some really good stuff in that short passage because here's a couple of points that I'm going to make just from that little uh, you know, smidgen of Scripture. The first of which is this, that a thanksgiver is patient. A thanksgiver is patient. We're all trying to be thanksgivers this holiday season. And so we're going to be patient. When the time came to divide up the land, starting way back in chapter 13... Joshua could have demanded for himself the very best and that his family be first served. Think about Joshua and think about his investment in this process that has brought them to the point where now they've conquered Canaan land. He and Caleb had risked their lives when they first went in and spied out the land. They were the only two that come back with a report that said, yes, God has said we can have it, and I'm telling you, I believe that we can have it. It's a good land. It's a land that we can, we can uh, overtake because God's with us. And so they had risked their lives then. Joshua faithfully served uh, Moses for 40 years as his right-hand man, wandering through the wilderness while they're going through this journey from out of Egypt into the promised land. He listened to grumbling and complaining and a whiny attitude from the children of Israel for 40 years. He stepped into Moses' shoes after Moses passed away and served as their leader after Moses died and actually was the one that brought them into the very land that now they're dividing up. When you think about that, surely Joshua had earned the right to be first and not last. Surely Joshua, because of his investment, because of his time, because of his personal uh, energy that was put into this project, surely instead of being last, he deserved to be first. Instead of getting just some, he deserved the right to get the very best of the land. He should have had first dibs. First pick. But instead, Joshua humbly and patiently waited until everyone else received their portion 
rather than demanding or taking his. Mark 9.35 says this, And Jesus sat down, called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and a servant of all. So how does this apply to us, Pastor? How, how does that fit into my life during this holiday season? Well, everyone is, a, is going to be ready to eat when it's eating time, right? When it's supper time, when it's dinner time, when it's time to eat. How about letting somebody else go before you? How about helping kids make plates? Serving your husband? Or serving your wife? I'm going to preach to the ladies if you guys can't do better than that. Think about taking care of others' needs. And once they're taken care of, then taking care of your own needs. Here's one. Instead of being a whiny, grumbling, or complaining person like the Israelites in our text, try being patiently thankful instead. Oh, is this food ever going to get done? Are we ever going to get to eat? I've been waiting for hours. How about just being patiently thankful instead? Look for an opportunity to serve rather than to be served. Serve others with humble patience. There's a difference. Now listen to me. There's a difference between humble patience and martyrdom patience. Oh, I'm about to get in somebody's business right now. Humble patience versus martyrdom patience. Humble patience comes from a gracious place. I'm thankful to be. I'm thankful to serve. I'm thankful to be here. And I don't need to let anybody know about it. Martyrdom patience is, I'll wait. I'll be the last. But my Lord, I want everybody in the place to know I'm last. (laughs) I'll serve everybody else before I serve myself. I want to take care of your needs before I take care of my own. And you're just being a martyr. You know, we're really robbing God of a blessing when we do stuff like that, right? We're serving humbly, patiently. Be a patient thanksgiver. One who serves patiently from a thankful heart. The next thing I want to point out from this particular verse in verse 49 is a thanksgiver is gracious, not entitled Gracious, not entitled. Joshua did not demand what he was owed. He could have started way back in chapter 13 demanding for them to give him what he was owed. Matter of fact, he had served well over 80 years in this process. I mean, that's time to retire, I think, right? I mean, he's, he's earned the right to rest for a while. He's earned the right to get his portion and go and just kind of enjoy the remainder of his life. But he didn't do that. He was patient and he was gracious. Patience, when I think about patience, it's really an act of the will. But gracious, being gracious is an act of the heart and it is an act of the mind. It is a disposition of our attitude toward others. It is the way we respond, react, and deal with others around us. It's responding and dealing with people through grace. I'm calm. I'm not entitled. I'm not demanding my way. I'm not trying to step over somebody or push someone else out of the way to get what is mine. I know that the Lord has my portion in mind. And ultimately, He's going to give me my portion if I will patiently wait for Him to do so. Joshua's attitude reflected His gracious spirit. He wasn't blowing. He wasn't huffing. He wasn't pacing. 
He was graciously waiting till the end. He was happy to be last. He didn't ask, is my portion ever going to be ready? Is this ever going to happen? He didn't say with his mouth or his actions, it's my turn. He served everyone before he served himself. Hey, here's a thought. This holiday season, instead of coming into the kitchen every five minutes, asking when dinner is going to be done, actually ask how you can help and serve. Can I set the table? Can I wash some dishes? Some of you guys' families are one dish away from a revival breaking out. (laughs) One dishwasher load from total revival just taking place in your home. Because service brings us into a place of unity. It brings us into a place of God's grace. And it allows us to show love in a tangible way to other people. Too many people in our society, and I think all of you would agree with me, live with an entitled attitude. I want mine and I want it now. I'm demanding that I get what is owed to me now. And I don't care who else is in front of me. I don't care who else wants what I want. I'm going to get what's mine and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. They've convinced themselves, too many people have convinced themselves that they deserve something more than someone else and they deserve that right now. A gracious spirit is a spirit that says everyone can go before me. I'm happy to be last. So, on Black Friday, 24 hours after we are showing God how thankful we are for all the stuff we have, and now we're going to get more stuff because we don't have enough. Black Friday. When you and another car are speeding toward that last parking spot, how about considering Joshua and letting them have it? And I don't mean let them have it. I mean, I mean let them have it. Let them have it. Some of you are like honking the horn Friday after Thanksgiving. Pastor said, let them have it. No, that's not what Pastor said. I mean allow them to take the spot. How about when you're shopping for your holiday meals that you shop with grace over entitlement? I mean, how many times have we been elbowed out of an aisle because somebody going for that last turkey? Or going for the last package of brown sugar, you know what I'm saying? Carry the Spirit of Christ with you. Through it all. Verse 50 says, According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he had asked for, Timnath, Sarah, in the mountains of Ephraim. And he built the city and he dwelt in it. These were the inheritance which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the father of the tribes of the children of Israel divided as an inheritance by, by lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So they made an end of dividing the country. The third point I want to make is that a thanksgiver is a worshiper. A thanksgiver is a worshiper. Notice what it says in verse 51. Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel divided as an inheritance by by lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. At the door of the church. When Joshua's turn came, this is what Joshua said. He said, I would like my portion to be right next to the tabernacle of meeting. I would like it to be right next to the place of 
worship. He said this. This is what he's saying. He said, I want my everyday life to be close to my worship life. I want my everyday life to measure up to my worship life. I want them to be so close that people can't differentiate between the two. Joshua wanted them to be one in the same. Joshua knew that there was no better way to give thanks than for his life to be given in service and worship. Can I say to you this morning that my everyday life must be close to my worship life? I'll say it again. My everyday life has to be close to my worship life. There can't be a huge disparity between how I live on Sunday versus how I live through the rest of the week. They ought to mash up. They ought to match up. They ought to click. They ought to be knit together. They ought to be one and the same. They ought to at least be close. Joshua knew, because Joshua knew this. Joshua knew that in reality, service is worship. The way I serve, the way I carry myself, the way I act in everyday life really is worship. It's not just the way I raise my hands or the way I sing songs or the way I even respond to the preacher when he's preaching. That's Sunday stuff. But God has established that our entire lives are lives of worship. Joshua understood that his life wasn't just, his worship life wasn't just confined to the tabernacle of meeting, but his worship life was exhibited through everything he did, every single moment of every single day. The way we act toward others, the way we react toward others, the way we carry ourselves is either an act of worship towards God or it is a disservice toward God. Every person in this room carries the moniker of a Christian. We bear that title. And that title can either bring glory to Christ or it can dishonor Christ. Just because it has, is a good title doesn't mean it always does a good work. I said, just because it's a good title doesn't mean it always does a good work. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of times Christians do a disservice to God because we don't carry ourselves on Monday or Black Friday or another holiday like we do on Sunday. We're happy as and just sweet as can be on Sunday morning. Oh, brother, how are you? Oh, sister, how are you? God bless you. Go, God bless you. You know, and we're back and forth. But then on, on Monday through Saturday, sometimes we just become a part of the culture around us instead of changing the culture around us or being different from the culture around us. So let's not ram anybody with our shopping cart because they jumped in front of us in line. Let's not knock someone down so we can make sure we get our reduced price 4K smart TV. Let's don't do that. Your life is your life is worship. A Thanksgiver's life is a life of worship. Romans 12:1 from the Message Bible and this is the Billy Paid holiday version, okay? This will help you. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday shopping life You're sleeping in, eating turkey and dressing, going to the mall and walking around, driving around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Treating others with grace and patience is a great way to worship God. 
I'll say it again. Treating others with grace and patience is a great way to worship God. Last point I want to make is this. A thanksgiver is a servant. A thanksgiver is a servant. Joshua served Moses. Joshua served the children of Israel. Joshua served everyone else before he served himself. Joshua lived out the message of Jesus centuries before Jesus ever walked the earth. He is doing exactly what Jesus commanded. Matthew 20, 25 says this. Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, that is, the culture of this world, lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you as Christians. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as ransom for many. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. We have the same position as Christ this morning. Look for opportunities. There are a plethora of opportunities. There is an abundance of opportunities. There is a cornucopia of opportunities. There you go. There's a Thanksgiving word for you. There, of opportunities around you that give you the opportunity to serve. So instead of picking up a fork and a plate, pick up a serving spoon and a towel. Instead of fixing your plate, fix someone else's. Look for ways to serve other people because a life of worship expressed through service, tempered by patience and grace, is one of the best testimonies that you can have for Christ Jesus. Let's not lose sight of who we are and what we are during a season that is hectic and busy, stressful, overwhelming at times, frustrating, difficult, and the list goes on and on and on. Let's make sure that we are representing Jesus Christ everywhere we go, that let's do the holidays right. Let's be thanksgivers through patience, grace, worship, and service. Miss Amber, would you come? So when we are gathered with family, family that causes you to question your Christianity (laughs) or pushes you to the point of backsliding, remember patience, grace, worship, and service. When you're getting to that point when you are overwhelmed at at the line at Walmart because they've got 42 checkout stands and they've only got 10 people working, remember grace, patience, worship and service and calm yourself and remember that we are carrying the banner of Jesus Christ everywhere we go stand with me across this place this morning with his grace it is possible don't let anything cause you to or anyone for that matter cause you to forfeit or surrender your testimony of Jesus Christ. With His grace, it is possible. Don't roll your eyes, roll up your sleeves, be a thanksgiver, get to work serving, and let God use that as an opportunity to bless your life and bless others in the process. Every head bowed and every eye closed across this place. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I have a relationship with Jesus. I would not want to dismiss this service without giving you an opportunity to come to know Him as Lord and Savior. 
There's not a greater moment in your life. No matter what happens to you, there's not a greater moment in your life than the moment that you decide that you're going to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life and come and be a part of who you are and the purpose that He's created you for. And so if you're in this place today and you say, that's me, Pastor, I'm not sure where I stand with God. I'm not sure where I am in my relationship with Jesus. I'm not sure that where I would spend eternity. If, if my life was to end today, if Jesus was to return today, I don't know where that would leave me. Don't leave this place unsure of your eternal outcome because today is a day that you can give your life to Jesus and you can be put on firm, the firm foundation of His life that will invade your life and change it from this point on. And so if you're here and you say, I don't know Christ, would you simply just slip your hand up in the air and put it right back down? Would there be anyone in this place today that says, I don't know Jesus? Yes, amen. I see that hand. Are there others in this place? Say, I don't know Jesus. I'm not sure where I am with God right now. Maybe you've had a relationship with Him in the past and for whatever reason you've allowed things to get between you and Him and today you want to begin to build that bridge back and come back to the place that you know you belong. And that is in the presence of Jesus. If that's you, just let me know. By signifying, by raising your hand this morning. Yes, amen. I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. And as I pray this prayer, those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to simply just a, simply ask you just to respond by asking Jesus into your heart, asking God to be a part of your life, asking Him to forgive your sins and declaring Him as your Lord and Savior. Father, I thank You for these that raised their hand this morning. Lord, I thank you for their dedication to serve you and to live for you. I thank you, Lord, for their decision this morning that they want a different life than what they currently have. That they're looking for you to be the one that sets them on a course that would transform everything around them. Lord, you would become a part of their life. Your word tells us that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That if we call upon the name of the Lord... We will be saved. And so, Father, in this moment, we're doing that. We're calling upon you. We're asking for your salvation. We're asking for your healing. We're asking for your transformation. We're asking you to be Lord over us. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, then you have began a relationship with Jesus. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.